this episode has been sponsored by nobody. And hello, hello, I'm back again with uh, another episode. There's a lot of things going on in the NBA right now. Um, you know, the Bucks and the Lakers just played. Great game so far, you know, with the Lakers winning. And then you got that the Nets debacle right now of them firing the coach for, for like, no reason. Um, like, before the playoffs. And so far, I mean, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers are set to play off today right now. This is Sunday for whoever's listening right now. And I just wanted to come and talk about the first topic, which would be the Nets. And, you know, it's such odd timing, like, just to fire a coach just, like, one month before playoff starts. I mean, let's be realistic now, like, Kenny Atkinson was not going to be the coach for the Nets um, for long. I mean, just to be like you know, objective about it, because what Kenny Atkinson is, is a great development coach. Um, you know, he's always had great, you know, reputation for developing players. He's helped Jeremy Lin out um, everywhere he went. He went to the Hawks. He was a great development um coach there for the Hawks, you know, he helped out, you know, D'Angelo Russell, you know, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, all these, you know, players that the, the Nets had when he became the coach. And, and that's what he was mostly known for. He's, he's great with like young, young players, like, you know, Sean Marks, the G, current GM brought him in to develop like what they had because basically, you know, the Nets got fleeced by the Celtics, by, you know, trading all their picks just for, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. For those who remember, that was a, that was a fucking garbage trade. Like, these dudes were basically on their last legs, and I don't, I don't know why, why the Nets GM at the time, is it Billy King? Uh, I think it was Billy King. Like, I don't understand why he would do that. Like, first of all, you know, you trade your future for these two you know, obviously, you know, Hall of Fame players at their last legs to go for a championship run. And you hire a fucking inexperienced coach in Jason Kidd. It it doesn't even make sense to me. Like, just, just by hearing that, you know, just by, by hearing that and saying, like, hey, you know, um, you know, we got Darren Williams. We got Joe Johnson, right? Two All-Stars. We're bringing in some veteran all-stars, you know. Okay, yeah, you know, four, basically, four all-stars, right? Okay, what? who's going to, you know, lead them to the promised land? You know, well, let's choose Jason Kidd. And, you know, what the fuck? Like, bro, his dude has not sat in a um, coaching position. Like, not even an assistant coaching position. And... You know, for them to get like a first, you know, just a coaching job right out of the gate in a veteran team, like, like bro, like come on. Even Paul Pierce, I think, snitched out, snitched out on him. Like, yo, we he didn't want to write any plays. Wow, 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 bro, that's crazy. That's so it was just a, it was just a shit show for the Nets and like their future. They're they're fucked basically.
Um, you know, Darren Williams, he got old and washed up and he just, he just wasn't the same after all those injuries. Um, you know, Joe Johnson, you know, I saw Joe, of course, you know, he's done his, he, he's done his job, you know, in the East, you know, getting multiple all-stars, you know, other than that, I mean, that's, you know, they had to like blow it up basically. And that's what they did with like barely with the G leaguers and what left of draft picks they got, you know, getting D'Angelo Russell, dude, in two years, you know, Kenny Atkinson was able to, you know, build like a, strong you know culture basically of the nets like he just revamped everything and it was great you know the nets were on the come up with d'angelo russell you know karis lavert you know spencer dinwiddie and i mean jared allen i mean they're they're doing pretty great and then all of a sudden you know with that culture comes it becomes a little very enticing to like you know free agents and plus it's new york you know you know you know brooklyn and, you know, you get, you get Kyrie Irving, you get Kevin Durant, and, you know, it just shifts from, you know, rising, you know, playoff team to obviously a contending team now, and, you know, there's just a lot, you know, quotes of Kenny Atkinson saying that he'll know when his time is done, is done, and, and whether or not, I'm not going to speculate whether or not, you know, they mutually part of ways, because I don't know, I mean, I just have a feeling that, this time was done already when, when, you know, they got the two because he just, he has one playoff, you know, one playoff, you know, series right now. So they really need a uh, seasoned coach to, to try to lead them to the promised land. But the only thing is, like, I just have a feeling that it's Mark Jackson for some reason. Like, these dudes have been trying to advocate for Mark Jackson to come. Hopefully they don't, like, if I'm a Nets fan and I hear Mark Jackson, I'm about to, you know, blow my brains out. Because, dude, like, Mark Jackson might be one of the most overrated coaches I've ever heard. I mean, I've seen names of Tom Thibodeau, like, once. That's another overrated-ass coach. Like, I don't know who the coach will be, personally. Um, I mean, they just need, like, I don't know. Honestly, like, even the news of, like, Tyron Lu, like, Tyree Wanehill. That's horseshit to me. There is no way Kyrie Irving wants Tyron Lue. Like, this dude got traded to the Celtics and said, you know, it's great to finally play with a real coach or something. Some sh- some shit like that, basically. Basically, just saying that Tyron Lue doesn't do anything. He's basically a figurehead, which, you know, most of people have already speculated, basically. He's just a little LeBron head right now. LeBron does what he pleases. He has Tyron Lewis, the figurehead coach, and, you know, it's basically, you know, the Le- LeBron, LeBron system, basically. He'll he do whatever he wants, right? And, you know, for Kyrie, like, you know, for saying that, and now he wants Tyron Lewis, it just it doesn't make sense. It's basically just, it's basically just a, you know, um, um, is he, Kyrie's just an easy target. That's, that's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, he'll say some stupid shit, you know, he'll, he'll try to like do that little philosopher kind of, you know, talk of him, you know, you know, trying to be as smart than he is. Like, I, I, I can't really speculate. Kyrie seems like a smart, you know, person, intelligent person that, you know, does a lot of research and whatnot. But 
he's just an easy target for like the casual people around. Like, who, like who cares if this dude believes in flat Earth? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, what does what does that like affect my life? Like, bro, like Steph Curry doesn't believe in the moon landing, and then like everyone jumped on it. Like, bro, I don't even believe in the moon landing. Fuck that shit. Like, I'm I'm with Steph Curry, you know, but you know, so far right now, you know, he was kind of pushed out. Um, I just feel like Kyrie. Maybe he did get fired, get him fired because, you know, Joe Sy had to talk with like certain players, like, you know, to like make the decision. And like, who, who else really has that pull besides Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, right? And I mean, there's like rumors about, you know, DeAndre Jordan being unhappy with, you know, not starting. Give me a break, bro. DeAndre Jordan is washed or like, he cannot, he is not what he once was, right? I mean, for a guy who relied on athleticism. No post moves whatsoever. No counter moves. He's just a defensive presence. Jared Allen is just way better than him. Like, are you telling me, you know, if I'm Kyrie, like, you would want DeAndre Jordan starting over um, Jared Allen? Like, come on, bro. Like, I know he's your friend, but come on, dude. You're trying to win a championship. You're not trying to get this washed-up starter, right? To, like, try to, like, be your center. I mean, dude, get out of here. Um, I mean, we'll see, like, what happens. I mean, Kenny Atkinson, I mean, I mean, this season, like, yeah, you know, he's had, like, kind of, like, coaching errors, you know. Because, of course, obviously, he's an inexperienced coach as well. Like, he's had blown leads. He's, you know, had funky rotations where he's benched people when they're starting heating up. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's just flaws from an inexperienced coach, right? So, you know, from... What I see, they just need like a more veteran savvy uh, coach. I'm not sure if they want like a um, what's it called, like a college coach per se. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. I just understand how some why don't MB, like more NBA players like we're not NBA players, but NBA teams like get more like European coaches that are like they're like championship like ready. They've won championship their season. I mean, you know, Messini or. Fuck, I forgot his name. I think it's Massini or or whatever. It's, but that Italian coach that uh, that worked for uh, Popovich. Like, how come no one hired him? Like, dude. Like, he's like, he has acolytes and whatnot. Like, he, I'm pretty sure he can, like, lead certain teams over the hump, maybe. Like, from playoff, you know, team to maybe, like, Maybe even higher. Like I'm not saying like to, maybe he's gonna lift him up to like championship team, but maybe like you know like a second or third round team. Like I'm I'm talking about like just like rising like playoff teams like trending up like I don't know maybe like the Grizzlies or something. Basically, I mean who's even the coach of the Grizzlies? Something like Coach Taylor or whatever. Something something Taylor like bro like no one cares right. So like I don't know who's the coach is gonna be, but you know Kenny Axon, his time is done. Like let's say. The second that, um, you know, those two free agents uh, signed with the Nets. Because, I mean, all those quotes were, they're leaking out basically right now. Are basically saying that, you know, like, you know, my voice is not what it once was. Obviously, I mean, dude, like, you know, the league runs through their superstars, right? You just need, like, coach through your stars. And, you know, sad to say, but I think the best, you know, thing for Kenny Axon is, you know, he's 
he's going to get another job. No, no problem whatsoever. Basically, he, if he was able to turn over that Nets, you know, debacle into like a playoff team, he can, you know, he might be the next coach for the Knicks. Basically, right? Like, I mean, you can see, you can tell like there's a lot of teams that are, that can use, you know, a Kenny Atkinson, you know, development coach, right? You can think of the Hawks, the Knicks. Um, let's see who. Who else? Who else is there? Like in the East, right? I mean, um, maybe Charlotte. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like Charlotte's. Charlotte's been like the same, like place. They've been pretty stagnant, right? You know, I don't know what MJ is doing right now. I don't know why he signed Terry Rozier, but he's. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous, you know. Like, what's going on with, you know, Mike being an owner? Like, shouldn't he know not to, like, you know, meddle and, like, do, like, like let, like, his GM handle everything? Because, like, basically, dude, he's, he's gone through that, right? With, like, you know, Kraus, you know, in his Bulls tenure and stuff. He, he should know, like, to, like, here you go, just do whatever you please. Um, I mean, if I'm the Knicks, right, I would sign this dude so fast. I'd give him a call, like, dude. What do you want? We'll do whatever it takes. We'll get rid of fucking Julius Randle. We'll get rid of uh, Taj Gibson and all our power forwards. You want to keep R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robinson? Help them elevate them to um, the next level. You know, Frank Nidalekina, it's been pretty ass a couple of years. Either you ship him out or, you know, we'll do whatever it takes. You need to get Kenny Axel. If I'm a Knicks fan right now, you need to get this, dude, like, this guy is the best development coach right now in the market. Like, you just need to develop players, right? You haven't been hitting on your draft picks, and a lot of it has to be, you know, you know, dealt with, you know, your coaches that you brought in. Like, you, know, you brought Jeff Hornacek. You brought in, like, I don't fucking know, Derek Fisher. You brought in, like, weird-ass coaches, man. You know, Kurt Rambis was the coach. You know, Fisdale? Fisdale sucks. Like, I don't know, like, he sucked in the Grizzlies, and he super sucked in the Knicks, right? I mean, it's easier said than done to, you know, to be a coach. Like, you know, assistant for Spolstra. Spolstra's a great coach. And, you know, he got his shot. Fizzle's just not, he's just not made to be a coach. Um, You know, Kenny Axton, he'll, he'll, he'll have his, you know, he'll have a shot, you know, next season. He'll, he'll get scooped up. Um. Real easy, like no problem whatsoever. Um, you know, moving on, I think like kind of want to touch on the topic of you know the Kyrie Irving thing. How everyone's trying to blame Kyrie Irving and like trying to make him look like as a cancer. I'm a great family man. I have great values, core values. This basketball stuff is a game at the end of the day. It's dramatized. It's entertainment for people and fans. I'm a human being at the end of the day. I'm going to keep on reiterating that. But like I said, my focus is making sure my teammates are great and our organization is at a championship level. I mean, do I think Kyrie Irving is like a cancer kind of player? Not really. I mean, I mean, just think about it, right? Like, like this dude forced his way out of Cleveland, right? Like, let's just get the facts straight, right? Like, this dude was getting dangled to get traded for, um, you know, Chris Paul. He was also dangled. To get traded for Paul, Paul George, and Eric Bledsoe. If, you, if people don't remember that, like, remember that fat ass dude, fucking Brian Windhorst, was saying that, 
you know, it was he was it was about to happen, but then I guess like one team backed out, and then Kyrie Irving found out. He's like, you know what, you know, like, like I don't understand this. Like, why are you trying to trade me all of a sudden, right? So, so for for him to like, you know, found being found out like he was getting traded. Like, usually when players get secretly traded like for, and then it breaks down, and they hear about it. Yo, that that locker room gets fucking. Sh- that chemistry goes down a hundred percent. Like, dude, there's just no love lost after that. Like, you know, it's kind of that loyalty aspect. Like, dude, I, I put you know, I put my heart and soul into like this team. You know, trying to make it better, and like all of a sudden you you trade me like well, you know secretly like without like me knowing, and I'm cool with. Like, you know, fuck this. Like, dude, you know, I demand a trade right now and. Why not, right? Like, he demands his trade, like, to the Celtics. Like, think about it. Like, like can anyone remember, like, a team so desperate to trade, like, a player? Like, not just a player, but a star player. That they would trade him to, like, someone in their conference. Like, think about it. Like, I can't even think about it. Like, they, you know, they trade Kawhi to, like, you know, to a, to the Eastern Conference, right? I mean, I can't really think about it right now. Like, like in recent memories, like like trades, like you know, McGrady got traded for Steve Francis, like you know, Orlando to like Houston, like different conferences. Like, for them to get traded, for Kyrie to get traded to the Celtics, and and it was like a you know, kind of like desperate desperation trade because he threatened to retire because to get his knee surgery, and he threatened to retire as well. Like, like Kyrie, like, like he's. Like, he's for real in what he says, like, and what he believes in. And, you know, they just want to get rid of him after what it, it wasn't going to work after that. You know, that trade falling off the, the cliff. And, you know, he goes to Celtics. You know, the, the, the sports media, like, they got, like, a hate boner for Kyrie because, you know, he left LeBron, right? Like, basically meaning that, you know, LeBron needs Kyrie Irving, basically, right? Cause no Kyrie Irving, no championship. Like people don't give like, like Kyrie enough credit for you know how he played. Cause he played extraordinarily well in that finals. Like this dude was putting up like twenty some points per game, and like bro, LeBron and him were like dropping like 40, 40 points like on that freaking Warriors team, and it was, it was crazy what they did. Like they had so much momentum, you know, after that you know, game two. Like it was like dude. They drop 40, 40 each player. These this game, this series, I already knew this team, this series is going to game seven, right? Like the more is too lack of days ago. Like there's no urgency whatsoever. And there's no elevation like push them to. So it was, it was, you know, it was bad, you know. It was a bad time for the Warriors, basically. And, you know, Kyrie goes to the Celtics, you know, they they put pretty well. He gets injured, you know. There's like a lot of, lot of the media bullshit about him, you know. Celtics winning, like you know, a lot of games without Kyrie Irving. Like, are they, you know, better without Kyrie Irving? They give this, you know, this eleven and two record or whatsoever. But you know, basically, the thing is, like, they were resting Kyrie Irving for that streak, and they're being a lot of, like like tanking teams are being Detroit. I mean no one's scared of Detroit, right? They're being like Charlotte. They're being like being beating these tanking teams basically. Like the Suns, 
you name it, the shit teams in 2016-2017 or whatever, they were, they were beating them. And it was going to that streak. And, you know, Colin Cowher, like, you know, Shannon Sharp, like, all these guys were, like, just trying to, you know, tear down Kyrie Irving. You know, they go to the Eastern Conference, right? That year. And they took the Cavs to Game 7. But the thing is, if Kyrie Irving was in that series, right, no way do the Cavs make the finals. The Celtics go to the finals. Like, there is no way that LeBron James is beating like, that Celtics team with Kyrie Irving, you know. You know, but the, the Celtics lacked, well, you know, a consistent score because even Jason Tatum was in his first year that, um, that year. He was putting up like 17 points. He was playing great, right? Gingles game seven. It it was just you know it was just a inexperience played in the Celtics in that series. Like like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know Terry Rozier, like all these guys. Like they have no experience whatsoever when it comes to like these like pressured uh, series. And you know of course LeBron James has been in in these series for like you know for God knows how long, right? So he he knows what to do and like. The Cavs were like a veteran team, so they they know what to do, and they lose at Game Seven in in the Garden. Next, next in the summer, basically, like ESPN, like you name it, every sports media was having the Celtics go to the finals next series, right? And they're they're trying to prop up, you know, Jason Tatum as the next All Star and superstar, Jalen Brown and stuff. They're propping up Terry Rozier and everything. And all, and all of a sudden, like, the Celtics team just went into, like, a shit show. Because, basically, these guys do not know the roles anymore. They're basically thinking to themselves in their head, like, you know, we've made it farther without you. Like, like why do we need you? Knowing, in fact, that superstars running the league. Running the league, like, all-stars. Like, talents like Kyrie Irving. You need Kyrie Irving, you know, to win a championship, right? You know, to Terry Rozier thinking he's better than he he, he actually was. Like Terry Rozier sucks. Like like he's on that Charlotte team right now. I mean, dude, he's not even the best player on the Charlotte team. It's Devontae Graham. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, Jalen Jason Tatum. They had super inconsistent season. Like Jason Tatum had like a kind of like a down year. You know, Jalen Brown, he was like he was having like fits. There was like certain like locker room issues regarding like, you know, Gordon Hayward as well. Like Gordon Harris is playing bad because, you know, he had that, you know, catastrophic injury in his leg. So he wasn't really himself, you know. But he, but in the current season right now, Gordon Hayward, is like, he's obviously way better now because he's had that year off. So there's just a bunch of, like, chemistry issues right now for the Boston Celtics, right? So that's why I was thinking, so that's why I was saying, you know, like, in the previous past, like, times when I was talking about the Bucks when they're in the playoffs last year, like who did they really play against, right? They played against Detroit, they swept them. Like so what? You know, Blake Griffin was hurt, you know, drumming, eh, whatever. It's like there's nothing to be worried about. They play against a Celtics team that had like kind of a toxic environment. Like, yeah, like so what if they won game one? Like so what? Like they weren't really battle tested. They go to the play against the Raptors, who were way battle tested. The Orlando Magic, and then the Sixers, and then boom, they get you know, beat four in a row. 
after winning two. So, it was just kind of like a down year for the Celtics, right? Like, Terrell's ears, fucking ass, and Ani first take, talking shit. I thought, like, you know, the Celtics basically throwing them under the bus. You know, we got Marcus Smart saying that, you know, it's not Kyrie Irving's fault that this happened. It's just that, you know, certain things were, were going on that, that that should have been dealt with. And as you can see, you know, Marcus Smart is basically trying to play, like, you know, the middle field. Like, like dude, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the bad guy. Right, a good guy here, but Kyrie Irving's for sure not the main reason, like, what happened, right? You go, he kills the Nets, and, you know, the Nets, he gets hurt again. Nets go on a winning streak, 9-3, right? You got, you know, Colin Coward, Nick Wright, and all these guys, you saying that, dude, are the Nets better with, you know, without Kyrie Irving? It's just bullshit, dude. Like, come on, bro. Kyrie Irving is, you know, a top three-point guard in the NBA. I mean, he might be top two, right? I mean, I think he's better than Damian Lillard. I mean, I think he's better than Russell Westbrook. He's for sure not better than Steph Curry. So, you know, there's that. I mean, you can make the debate with Damian, you know, Russell Westbrook, CP3, whatnot. Like, I think Kyrie Irving is, like, right then and there. So, like... How can you be better without him? So when the Nick when the Nets they went on their win streak, as time went on, that nine and three record went into like nine and nine. So it evened out basically. And then later on, they started losing even more. So that nine and nine record became nine and twelve. So no no, they're not better without Kyrie Irving, right? It's just it's just his media pushes certain things and you know you know, casual people tend to run with it as well because no one has really enough time to, like, you know, watch these games or, like, you know, pay attention to everything that's going around. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pay attention. But for me personally, I'm not going to pay attention to, like, you know, too much for, like, the Grizzlies or the Suns, right? I mean, if they play, like, the Lakers, yeah, you know, I'll check them out and stuff. I mean, if, you know, the Suns play against um, the Hawks, Maybe I'll check them out. Maybe, right? I mean, no one has enough time to like watch all these games. So, so yeah, they're gonna run with it and stuff. And like, you know, Kyrie Irving is, is not to blame for like a lot of things. But, you know, for this coaching thing though, I I'm pretty sure he may have a hand in in this. You know, but Kyrie Irving knows that you know K is is just not the coach for them. So. Maybe in his head he's thinking like it's better to get rid of him like right now, and then and then have like more time to like scout coaches. You know, maybe they try to get Coach K or whatever from Duke, which is impossible, or any like you know premier college coach. I mean, it's impossible. Or maybe you know, who knows what they do? But I just feel like Kyrie Irving is he's he's unfairly blamed for a lot of things. And people tend to run over it. No, Kyrie Irving is not cancer, okay? Basically, he is not cancer. He may be a misunderstood figure where, you know, a lot of things he says, like, they get blown out of proportion. But, I mean, Kyrie Irving, like, he gets a bad rap for certain things that he doesn't deserve. Now, um, I want to talk about the, uh, 
Lakers and Clippers game that happened. Um, it's a pretty good game. Kind of like a kind of playoff atmosphere kind of game. I mean, it's kind of crazy you think about it. Like, you know, the Clippers, like, like you getting a lot of people booed at their home court, basically. And, like, you know, well, from what I was seeing, it's like, you know, every time, like, somebody went to the free throw line, they would get booed. When when they were to make a free throw line, it would get cheered. So it's kind of like this weird dynamic kind of thing going on. You know, same thing going on for the Lakers. And, you know, it's just like random, like, you know, MVP chance back and forth, back and forth between Kawhi and Ron James. Um, you know, it's, it's to be expected. It's going to be like, if these teams do actually meet up in like, you know, a playoff setting, man, it's going to be like pretty crazy. Um, I think for sure this series is going to seven. Like, like, um, from what you know, we've seen from both of these teams, you know, the Clippers, like, just straight up beat the Lakers the first two meetings, and the Lakers were able to, you know, handle the Clippers this, this time around. Um, so I kind of want to talk about how the breakdown basically, um, you know, LeBron James, you know, obviously had a great game, Anthony Davis, but had like, you know, like. His usual, you know, seven rebounds, nine assists. I think he had, like, 28 points. Like, something around that range. Anthony Davis scored, like, you know, 30, 30 points, eight rebounds, two assists. You know, a couple of blocks here and there. The surprising standout was obviously, you know, Avery Bradley. I mean, you don't expect him to, like, you know, put out, like, 24 points. That's why, like, this this kind of thing is kind of, like, unsustainable. Um, Someone has to really step up to be, like, the third scorer on the team. Um, the Morris twins, both of these Morris twins, they play like shit today. I don't know, you know why, maybe they were partying yesterday. You know, they came on game day. I mean, you know, Markeith Morris didn't play. They're both playing like, you know, one for eight, like zero for eight, like, you know, that kind of stat line. Which is, you know, which is kind of crazy. Like, do you like both of these guys actually had like bad games? Like, damn, like, what the hell? Um, I mean, Kakuzma played great. I mean, even though his stats don't reflect on it, he had 10 rebounds, 8 points. He had some crucial, you know, defense and, like, certain, like, putback plays that were momentum-setting. Um, the thing about the Clippers is that, yeah, I don't understand why Doc was pl- overplaying, you know, Lou Williams. Like, if I was the coach for the Clippers, right, my, um... Closing lineup would have to be Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Marcus Morris, and Montrezl Harrell. Now, even though, even though you know Lou Williams has like great chemistry with Montrezl Harrell, like as you can see, like in in this game, like they took way advantage on him. Like they put him in every pick and roll situation. They were get like they were easily getting points off of him. Like. Lou Williams lost on defense and on the offensive side. Like, yeah, he was setting up, like, Montrezl Harrell to get, like, you know, like Anthony Davis and, like, certain other players in foul trouble. But, I mean, for, for me, like, dude, you have, like, enough firepower already. Like, Lou Williams is a liability. And on the defense, he's always has been. So, when you're expecting to play, like, certain kind of defenses, like, during crunch time, like, you're expecting a little too much out of him, like. Like Patrick Beverly should be the in the closing start uh, closing lineup. They have enough firepower with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know, and Montrez, uh, Marcus Morris. 
And I mean, Luke Wells just, he just wasn't feeling it. Like, like one, one play that stood out to me was like, he, they got the rebound for one of these shots. They passed it out to Lou Williams. And Lou Williams, instead of just being, you know, just shooting, he just takes it one dribble and fades away. Like, like, come on. Like, you know, obviously, like, you know, Lou Williams, of course, is not a spot up kind of shooter. But damn, like, what the hell was that? Like, like, come on. Like, it was ridiculous. Now, the thing is, um, certain players didn't really play well for the Clippers so far. Um, obviously, you know, Marcus Morris didn't play well. Andrew Shaman didn't play well. Lou Williams, who's essential, didn't play well. Um, you know, Zubak, I mean, you need to play Zubak a little bit more to um, help on the defensive side with Anthony Davis because you can't keep letting Anthony Davis play face-up all the time. Man. Uh, Anthony Davis, like, he was just straight-up killing it. Um, I mean, like, for me, like, you, you can see, like, when the Clippers are going on, like, they're getting, like, on a roll, like, dude, like, it makes things really difficult for, like, LeBron James, like, to, like, you know, you know, take a breather, like, LeBron, like, they are so athletic to the point where they can actually, they can always keep up LeBron James. Now, obviously, like, there are certain portions, like, where, like, momentary lapses where, you know, LeBron James is driving it through, but... I mean, those kinks will always, you know, be worked on because, you know, you know, they still got to work on their chemistry together because of the in-and-out lineups. Um, Paul George coming back. I mean, they're trending up towards this game. So, you know, you got to give Lakers all the credit. It's just that, you know, for the Lakers, like, dude, like, their third score is going to be so inconsistent throughout the season and also probably in the playoffs, like, they're gonna have to play through their stars. Obviously, you know LeBron James, Anthony Davis you know, can pick up the slack, but you know I I don't know what Frank Vogel is doing with you know Kyle Kuzma. Um, if they're really gonna make him the third option, or they're gonna just make it keep Markeith Morris as the third option. And I mean, it goes to show that you know people want to try to like, make it seem like you know the Lakers like you know they can't do shit while LeBron James like well you have Rajon Rondo play. Played great today. Um, he was, you know, leading the offense. You know, was breaking down the defense, setting players up. I mean, I mean, that's why you have Rajon Rondo, right? To run the offense when LeBron James goes out, because once Alex Caruso, like, once he gets in, like, it's just basically a defensive lineup where they're just gonna ISO like Anthony Davis like all day, like, like Alex Caruso. You know, whoever is in that lineup. It's just, the offense just looks super stagnant. You know, it's not as smooth as when Rondo is controlling it. You know, obviously LeBron James. Um, I mean, the main takeaway is both these teams need to work on their kinks for the this, this potential series to come. Like, I'm not trying to say that and this series set in stone because, like, you know, anything happened in the playoffs so far, like, They've shown that, um, you know, for the Clippers, like, they they still really need their interior presence because, you know, you can't have, like, certain players just keep on keep on just getting rebound, offensive rebounds, right? Like, there's no one's boxing out. You know, Montrezl Harrell's not boxing out. Like, they're just getting, like, putbacks left and right, left and right, right? Then you got the Lakers side where, I mean, I mean, these wings, like, they need way more better wings, you know, on Kawhi and, you know, Paul George, obviously. 
Um, I mean, you know, you can't always just have, you know, LeBron James run the offense all the time. And, I mean, this dude, I don't know what Frank Gafogel is doing when it comes to, um, you know, his certain lineups. Like, I mean, yeah, it worked this time around, but we'll see what happens. Like, for Doc, I mean, come on, you know, Doc, like, you have so much, you know, depth and, like, variety of, like, utility players, like, it's gonna be interesting how you know he tweaks it. I mean, for for me, you need a uh, need Patrick Beverly and like they were just abusing you know Lou Williams left and right pick and roll action. I mean, there's a lot of portions where you know, Avery Bradley was just wide open, just shooting threes wide open, and I mean you just can't keep being lost in that like when it comes to like a playoff setting. Um. I mean this. I mean these two teams are for real. I mean there's only four teams who I believe that have a chance of winning play on the the championship. You know, obviously the Lakers and Clippers. You know the Bucks and the fourth team in my opinion is the Rockets. But the Rockets aren't really doing too well right now. It's just, I just I just feel like you know, they're just overplaying James Harden and, he, and he's just feeling it right now instead of his usual time in the playoffs. So I mean they should rest James Harden. But no, uh, but you know that's another story. I mean for me. Like right now, um, Clippers need a little bit more tweaking, and then they'll make a run for the playoffs. And for me personally, for the Lakers side, what I would like for the Lakers is they need to incorporate some load load management when it comes to Anthony Davis and maybe some for LeBron James because every time I see like, like Anthony Davis, like something like weird like happens and when it comes to, like injury wise, this dude gets like a stub finger. He'll land on his ass and get like an ass injury. He'll sprain his ankle and like like something goes on at these days. This is Mr. Glass. And they need to rest him for the playoffs because you know, like is are you like playing for the chip or are you playing just for like certain acolytes, right? And for me personally, like I'm sure Anthony Davis doesn't want to get loan managed because he wants to really win the defensive player of the year. I mean, he's the front runner. I mean, Giannis, now that he's down, he's going to be out for a while. Um, they should shut Giannis down for the playoffs. Maybe, like, play him, like, the last couple of games to get him, like, you know, into basketball shape. But, yeah, right now, that 70-win team doesn't really look too, uh, too uh, set so far. Um, you know, LeBron James. LeBron James is playing a lot of minutes. Obviously, you know, he barely gets to, like, rest. But, you know, obviously, that's what LeBron James really likes. Like, he's kind of a control freak where he has to, you know, do everything because he wants to do everything and gets applauded for everything. Um, For the Clippers, like, dude, like, just a little bit more tweaking. But, I mean, a lot of the shots that, you know, the Clippers were getting, like, they're they're pretty open. They just weren't hitting it so far. But it was a close game. You know, Kawhi came to play. LeBron came to play. Like, both the stars came to play, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun series. But you know, hopefully these guys make it to the Western Conference Finals. It's gonna be a weird setting, like home teams getting booed, and you know, it's just it's just a weird kind of circumstances. But you know, my my uh my pick of the championship hasn't really changed yet. You know, my pick to win it all this year is the Clippers. 
it's just, you know, it's just need to fix like, certain things right now. Yeah, for the Lakers, um, just resting up their stars it should keep them fresh for the playoffs. I mean, Danny Green has been down in his usual slump right now. You know, Kyle Kuzma hasn't really been doing too well. You know, they've been like, it seems like Kyle Kuzma's been um, getting uh, getting minutes cut for Marcus Markeith Morris to get more assimilated to the uh, game plan. You know, I, I don't know why I fucking hate Dion Waiters. Like, dude, like, why the fuck did we sign Dion Waiters? God damn it. Like, dude, this dude might OD on some CBD oil or some shit. Like, something stupid. I can only imagine. I can only imagine that. But, yeah, that, that should be it so far. Um... Thank you for you know listening. Whoever's listening, I'll try to keep on being more consistent on these recordings. But you know, we'll see what what happens. But you know, you know, the NBA playoffs is coming in so far, and there's gonna be a lot of teams coming up. That'll be interesting series. You know, hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, I get more free time when it come when the playoffs near, and I'll just make my picks. But so I'll say uh, whoever's listening, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. You know, peace out. Hey, hey, hey.